We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma with me today as well. It is, uh, I've learned you still have to timestamp things because the world's kind of crazy and stuff just happens every single day. It seems like it is Thursday, September the 16th, a little after 10 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Uh, hopefully everyone out there has a great weekend ahead and uh, you stay safe and we'll be back with us again Next week, um, before we get started, I'll tell you a little bit about Clark Ford. I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. Even if you're not necessarily in the market for a Ford, you want to make sure in this weird car market right now, sort of the climbing out of the pandemic car market where uh, supply has not quite met demand. Um, you want to make sure you're getting a good deal. So get a quote from Corey and then uh, you can go from there. You can shop it around obviously, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Great service, great products. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. People say, what does that mean? Call the number. You'll start to find out. 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we jump into today's show, tell the people a little bit about Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you all. Indeed, man. Uh, happy to be back this week with you guys, uh, all of our listeners, and Neil, always with you, man. Um, as we've said before, um, you know, one of the things that we think that we add the most value in for folks, especially like times like right now, markets are are uh, are really skittish. Um you know, it seems like we'll have a little bit of good news. The markets will look like they're going to do well, and then all of a sudden they'll just drop and and uh, you know for no apparent reason. So people get real emotional when they see lots of red. One of the things that we want to try to do with folks is is stay on track and take the emotion out of the investing piece of it. So if you have a plan, it's easier to keep you know moving forward and and trying to achieve those goals. If you don't have a plan, most of the times you're going to make a lot of mistakes. 
uh, usually emotional decisions to sell when you when you should not sell, even though most people know that the old adage is buy low, sell high, and most people will sell high, uh, I mean sell low and buy high because the emotions get the best of them. So if uh, you've been doing it on your own and your stomach is turning in knots because every day you see a little bit of red, uh, give us a call, 601-957-0323, or you can reach us, info at mypinnwealth.com. Speaking of red, the, the markets are kind of red so far today. What do you what do you read into that? Just on a one day thing. <laughs> yeah, um, it feels like a it feels like it's another day of of the same. It's like Groundhog Day. Ever since August, we wake up every day and and markets are down. But I mean, truth be told, um, you know we've had a really good start to the year. Uh, you know, beginning of the year all the way through August, you know, markets were kind of up. You know, ten ish percent, which would be a great year in and of itself if that was, was the end. But, um, you know, but there's, this thing doesn't move in a, in a linear pattern. So, you know, you have to expect that there's going to be some downtime. The, you know, the opportunity there is if folks have cash on the sidelines, that's, you know, that's, that's when you want to be, when you want to be a buyer. Um, you know, the economy still looks really strong from, you know, uh, from a post COVID standpoint i mean we've got legs under us interest rates are still really low there hasn't been any news from that perspective so man you know some people just take profits and that's actually not a bad it's not a bad strategy if you make a little bit of money take some profits put some hay in the barn Uh, so it doesn't scare me i mean i don't think that there's anything that that we should be worrying about i mean you're seeing kind of you know down a half a percent down 0.3 percent you know, during the day, I mean, it's not, they're not big, wild moves, even though sometimes people want to look at the Dow number and they'll see, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's down 200 points. But when you translate it, it's really, you know, just half a percent, which is kind of normal, normal movement. Um, You know, the fear index, the VIX is really not, it's not above the 20 mark or, or way above 20. So, man, I'm not, my, my indicators are not making me freak out. You know, oil is up um, a little bit. So, that's good for, for the producers. Um, and you know, I mean, I think we're just, just tracking along. So along those lines, I'm reading from the wall street journal. This is Josh Mitchell. This is his, um, his byline. I always like to give credit to the people who write the stories. Uh, Josh Mitchell writes in the wall street journal, the U S economic recovery remains intact despite the latest wave of virus infections with Americans boosting shopping and employers resisting layoffs sales at the nation's retailers rose 0.7% in August. The Commerce Department said Thursday, despite a big decline in car sales related to product shortages and shipping problems, excluding cars, sales rose a robust 1.8% after sales fail in July. Boy, that was a southern accent right there, wasn't it? Uh, After sales fell in July, economists and businesses uh, groups warned of further declines caused by Delta, a highly contagious strain of the COVID-19 virus. Governors and mayors imposed new rules on mask wearing and capacity to prevent the virus's spread. Instead, consumers appear to have shifted spending rather than rein it in. They shelled out more last month on furniture, groceries, hardware, and goods purchased online. Meanwhile, initial jobless claims, a proxy for layoffs across the U.S., rose slightly last week but remained near pre-pandemic lows, the Labor Department said. Claims grew 20,000 
to 332,000. Claims have trended lower since mid-July, a sign employers are holding on to workers. Yep. All in all, that's pretty positive stuff. Yeah, no, it's really positive. I mean, and that's, you know, pre-COVID, the U.S. consumer was the strongest it had it had ever been in in history, right? And then we had an event that uh, that caused a shock to our economy. It you know it caused a shock to people's investment portfolios. But man, for for the most part, we are we are on the other side of that with with regards to how the consumer looks. Uh, you know, and I think that's evident by the surprise in sales in August, you know, and so when I, when I read that this morning, you know, they had forecasted that there was going to be declines in sales in August. And instead of declines, it was positive. And you don't buy stuff, you know, if, if you're, if you're hurting and you're really tight on money and you're in a really bad situation, generally speaking, you're not out buying things. So it's a good sign for the consumer. Uh, you know, I think the holidays will be a little skewed this year too, just because you're still seeing like the, the, uh, you know, container ships that are coming into to Harbor are sitting there for weeks before they can even unload their stuff. So there's still like this glut in the supply chain. That'll probably, you know, come through the holidays, which, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not in retail, but I think most of the goods that retailers buy to sell at Christmas uh, should already be here or, you know, in their warehouses and whatnot. And I know there's a little, there's a little delay there. So you could see, you know, I said all that to say, you could see that, you know, maybe you pay more for a PlayStation this year than you did last year, mostly because of supply issues, not because, you know, the cost of goods per se are permanently going up. But I think it's a good sign, you know, that, that, um you know, retail sales were up in August when they were forecasted to be down. So we'll see what, happens in september they might get a revision down interesting along those lines it's it's <laughs> almost like you know what you're talking about uh there's another story again, i play i play like i do really well right again in the wall street journal this is thomas uh, greita he writes uh, transportation cost typically a fraction of a finished product's price are emerging as another supply chain hurdle over overwhelming some companies already paying more for raw materials and labor the fabric and crafts retailer Joanne Stores LLC said it has spent 10 times more uh, than its historical cost in some cases to move products from one point to another. Quote, sometimes the ocean freight now is actually more expensive than the cost of the product. Chief Executive Officer Wade McKellen said in a recent uh, interview, the company hasn't raised any base prices and is hoping the extra supply chain expenses are temporary. Quote, I think they probably are, but does transient mean six months or 24 months, he said. Um, The COVID-19 pandemic has driven a long-lasting surge in transportation costs, putting pressure on many businesses already confronting higher wages and raw material prices. Some CEOs are saying they expect elevated freight costs stretching into 2023. The cost of transporting goods is a component in every step in a company's supply chain. Everything yep. from iron ore, steels, parts, and finished products has to move as raw materials are processed in global manufacturing. The cost of shipping containers across the ocean is higher, truck drivers are in short supply, and gasoline is more expensive than many expected 
earlier this year. So to say that we're countering the great news with some eh, scary news is an understatement because none of that reads particularly well. Well, so I'm going to let's let's break some of those things apart, too, <clears throat> because that, that is important for folks to understand, because I know you that people hear the terms, you know, that inflation is transitory. What does that mean? What's the difference between transitory and permanent? And then and the or the writer had a really good point there, too, of is that six months? Is that 24 months? Um, you know, and the short answer to that question is I give them a attorney answer, which is either it depends or I don't know. Um, but the costs for transportation. So just think about if you, if you have something coming from China, right. And they container ship comes across the Pacific, it's sitting out, you know, a Harbor in LA or Huntington beach or wherever it is. And they're used to driving their ship in, you know, unloading it, probably reloading it with something else, driving, you know, selling it back to China, but they're sitting out there now for three weeks before they can even unload. Well, that costs money, right? You got to pay. Well, I don't know. Maybe in China, it doesn't, I don't, <clears throat> and if they were, let's pretend they were Americans. Um, if it was American captain sitting on an American boat with American laborers, you know, on that boat, you're paying them for the time that they're sitting out at sea. So, you know, the cost of whatever it is that you're, that you're shipping is going to have, you know, when it goes to the next to the, to the distributor, they're going to have a higher input cost because they not only did they have to pay for the original voyage to come across, but then they ended up having to pay for, you know, the time that those people sat in there and, you know, and then oil prices are up, gasoline prices are up. So once they get those goods off of the ship and they put it, you know, onto a truck, you know, the cost of gasoline is going to be factored into that price. But then also, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when we were, when we were talking about the, the trucking and maybe did you and I talk about the trucking industry and like not being able to find, I don't think drivers? so, but I can tell you that I, you know, there's, we have a couple of uh, truck drivers that call into our, some of our uh, live shows that we do at night with the Oxford yeah. Exxon podcast and hand raised guys and that. And they'll tell you that they could, there's, there's, they could get all of the work they want right now. I mean, right. if if you, if you're a truck driver and you're not on the road, it's because you're choosing not to be on the road. Right. And so, and they're having to pay more for the ones, the drivers that are on the road or sure. they're having. So one of, one of my guys that, um, one of my buddies, I used to race, he still races in triathlon. I, I don't anymore, but, um, he had posted, he drives for, um, oh gosh, is it XPL or XPS logistics? I can't remember which which anyway but he posted on his facebook page uh they're looking for drivers with all of you know any registration for trucks you know whether you're a you know can you can can do the hazardous waste or anything like that but it was like a huge signing bonus um <clears throat> to sign on so meaning that if they're if they're trying to pay that bonus they've got a they're trying to attract people off of the couch or drivers that have you know that have been home during rona and haven't gone back on the road you know, trying to get them back on the road to get, you know, how much is, how much does it cost to entice them to get off of the couch and, and back onto the road. And so those input costs are going to pass along somewhere. And you know, what folks, what folks probably realize is, you know, the things that they're buying on a regular basis, you know, have gone up a little bit, 
but it may not be like it's you know this could be a supply which i believe that is true it's a supply driven issue once once we've got on the other side of you know of the of the covid piece where you know people are all back to work we're fully employed people are back doing the jobs that they did we some of the supply chain issues will will work themselves out but you know we do i think we're still a little ways away from that so that's that's what you know when we talk about transitory inflation it's just that temporary higher costs because there's an issue going on when we return back to you know some type of normal whatever normal is you know prices should kind of go back to where they were now minus that every year we kind of have just general inflation which historically has been right around two percent which we haven't had really since 2009 so you know, it will, whatever normal looks like at some point, it will, it will return back, uh, you know, to normal. How long do you think that takes? <laughs> I don't people, know, man. Some people want to know. I'm going to give an attorney answer. You know, it depends. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if we don't have a fifth wave or a sixth wave and, you know, facilities in Taiwan are, up and running and producing semiconductors, which they can, you know, sell to Ford or which they can put on container ships that will get into Harbor in the appropriate amount of time, you know, on a truck with some type of normal gas uh, prices and normal labor prices, you know, and get, then get to, you know, a Ford dealership in Kentucky to go into these F-150s that are sitting out there so they can get on the parking lots of dealerships so that Christopher can buy a new F-150 when he graduates college, uh, <clears throat> you know, that'll, that'll be, that'll, that'll be when it works out. But, you know, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be six months. I think it'll be more, more than that. You know, it, it's, you mentioned the waves and stuff and it's what, this is what concerns me is that we're, we're going to have waves, that there are going to be waves of, of the virus. We're going to have to learn how to live with the virus. I've, I've got to make myself get off Twitter more because you read Twitter and you read these people that are like, Oh, we locked down for 18 months. And I'm like, Whoa, I can't even imagine. But like, we locked down for 18 months and we just went back to school. And one of my children tested positive for COVID. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's like, yeah, they're going to, it's the part of this that I think we, from a financial standpoint to move on and get the markets going and get things shipping. And we have to understand that, yes, we're going to have to learn to live with COVID-19. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> well, until, I, yeah, and until we get there as a as that being a mainstream thought, and it's not one right now, Martin. Until we get there, we're going to keep dealing with these. Hey, the 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 the, the shit that they shut down the, the this this business that, that that makes these materials that are necessary for all these other materials. They shut down for two weeks, for four weeks, whatever, and it's tough. Like right now, in in um, I give you an, ripple I, effect. I give you an example. The people that make the plastic that you put Gatorade in, they apparently went on some sort of a shutdown. You can't find a Gatorade in Oxford, Mississippi. Is that true? Yeah, you can't find one. There, I mean, there's no any. There's no way. Y'all got Gatorade I'm, I'm, in Jackson. I'm about to pull our youth real quick. Have you guys been able to find Gatorades in Jack? I haven't even looked. Okay. Yes, so Costco. And I was in Costco yesterday, but I I just wasn't looking for Gatorade. No Powerade. There's no Gatorade. You can't find it. 
And so the, and it's, it's, huh. it's, and it's not because they've stopped making Gatorade or they've stopped making powder Powerade. It's because they've, the, the company that makes the, the containers that hold the fluid that you buy at Kroger or uh, wherever, Costco or wherever that they're, they shut down. And so it's, now you see the impacts because for weeks now you can't get you can't get Gatorade on the on the on the shelves. That's wild, man. So I was in <clears throat> I was in Costco yesterday because so Bella has her quince celebration this weekend, and I was just picking up you know just some little things that I need. But uh, I was looking for sweet tea and unsweet tea in like gallon jugs, and uh, <clears throat> and I couldn't find them in Costco, but they may not sell them like that at Costco, but I didn't even look for Gatorade. And usually I pick up the body armor for the kids when I'm, when I'm in there, but I wasn't looking for it. So that's an interest. That's interesting. But yeah. So, so the CEO, the, right? of, the CEO of Dollar Tree is quoted in this story. Dollar Tree uh, Inc. Yep. It says we're not counting on material improvements in 2022, especially in the first portion of the year. Right. Uh, he noted that experts expect ocean shipping capacity to normalize no later than in 2023. That's a full year and a quarter from now. Yeah. Well, you know, but some of the waves. So think about, I guess, let's, let's break it back down to where do most of the things that we buy in the U.S. originate from? And a lot of it is like the Southeast Asia area, you know, whether it's Taiwan, um, I guess India, I would consider, you know, like South Asia, but Ta- Taiwan, China, um, you know, India, whatnot. And they're, they're just, they just got, you know, quote unquote smoked by, by the COVID wave. Um, and so like all of those ripple effects, they do it. So, you know, it kind of, it, it doesn't surprise me to hear the CEO of Dollar Tree say, you know, hey, it, it's going to be a year before, you know, ocean shipping is, is back to normal. Um, you know, and in, and in China, you know, who knows, man, they have such draconian measures that they don't even, you know, announce per se, where they might have factories shut down for a month, two months with soldiers at the door saying, don't leave your house. And, you know, and that has a, a ripple effect across the world. Well, the other thing is, I think it's 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 becoming increasingly imperative that we're going to have to, we being the government, is going to have to stop paying people not to work. We've got to get people back to work. Yes, I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading in this same story. I'll give you two more examples where people say, well, "How does this all impact me?" Well, what do you have to have on your car for it to roll? Yep, got to have tires. So uh, Michelin has spent tens of millions of of dollars in extra costs to move natural rubber from the tropics to its production facilities to meet customer demand. A dual shortage of truck drivers and shipping containers has raised the price of moving the company's products, which for months were even shipped by air. The company is only recently cutting down on its use of more expensive air freight and said its supply chain teams are constantly juggling shipping and transportation companies to keep things moving. That's why we had to raise prices for tires, Michelin Chief Executive Florent Menejo said in a recent interview. Two things that come out of this. You've got a, a room full of young people. Yep. I've got a high school kid at home too. 
The, yep. the supply chain job market is awesome. If you can, if you can help pe- people figure out how to do th- how to get things from point A to point B cheaper than it's been done in the past, and with more volume, uh, you'll be employed forever. In the same story, uh, Procter and Gamble Company has announced. Think about all the products that Procter and Gamble makes. Procter and Gamble has announced several price increases for products, including Pampers diapers this year. But executives have cautioned that the speed and scope of freight and commodity cost increases are too great to offset initially. The company is projecting $1.9 billion in added after-tax cost in its current fiscal year, which ends in June of 2022. The demand for trucks continues to increase at each step of the chain, down to delivery to homes. John Moeller, the incoming CEO at the company, said at a June investor conference, diesel fuel costs are up more than 25% versus April 2020. It's why when people argue about, well, you know, th- th- these things don't really impact us. If, if, if you're paying more at the pump, the truck drivers are paying more at the pump. Yep. It, it's, it, not only are you paying more at the pump, you're paying more for everything else that is impacted by transportation. And if we're going to have a conversation about what isn't impacted by transportation, it's a pretty short conversation. Yeah. The I wet mean, part of the ocean yeah, I mean, which part of the ocean, which part of the ocean is is wet? Well, pretty much all of it. Yeah, so it's a it's it's a major it's a major problem right now. It's, it it goes beyond politics, and it's it's when it's when people kind of start to push back a little bit. It's why you know the this going into twenty twenty two, we're into the mid midterm election year. This is going to be a major topic of conversation in all of these debates around the country. Is when they say, "Well, we didn't raise your taxes." Yeah, yeah everything went up. And not all of it is pandemic-related. A lot of it is pandemic-related. In our country, the problem with truck drivers is that you're paying people not to work. Got to figure out a way to, nope, got to take that off off the table. And people got to go back to work. It's just because that's what makes the country function. Yeah. I mean, so let's talk about how all this applies to, you know, like your 401k or your listeners' pocketbooks, right? So. Um, let's just use Procter and Gamble as a, since you were already on that, on that, uh, on that path. Okay. So they make, you know, diapers, they make, uh, you know, house cleaner, they make, and almost, Toothpaste, there's, everything. there's, I want someone to find something in there or say that, that they don't have anything that Procter and Gamble make camp Gamble makes in their house. So, you know, they are a publicly traded company, right? So most people who have, you know, uh, investments in their 401ks or their mutual or mutual funds outside of their 401ks and their regular investment accounts, very likely that you have Procter & Gamble or a, a company that's very similar. So as we said, transportation is like the wet part of the ocean. It impacts everything. So if there's rising costs in transportation because there's labor shortages, you're having to pay more truck drivers more to come off the couch and onto you know, onto the roads, or if the, you're having to pay them more because they're hitting quote-unquote overtime, which I know is probably a bad word and the logistics industry and the price of gasoline is, has gone up. If you don't raise your prices. So if they don't raise the price of the, you know, Huggies or Pampers or whatever it is that they manufacture, then that means they're going to have less profits left over. So the same selling it for the same price, but your costs went up means less profits, which means that when they report those less profits, uh, you know, quarterly and they say, Oh, you know, well, we had a, less profits this quarter than we did last, or we had a loss this quarter, then 
that's going to cause a downward direction or downward pressure on the price of that stock, meaning translating the money that you have in your, you know, in your savings and your 401k or your mutual funds outside of 401ks, or if you own Procter and Gamble outright, that you have less of that, you know, at the end of the day, is it, is it permanent? No, it's not a permanent impairment. It's, you know, it's short, it'll probably be short term, you know, but how long is short term in, in the, in the eyes of the market? It could be three months. It could be six. It could be a year. It could be two years, you know, but so people will feel that impact. So it does, you know, the things that, you know, some, some people may say, oh, you know, what's going on in China doesn't have an impact on me at all, or what's going on in, you know, in the tropics has a zero impact on me at all. But in truth, the truth be told is it does, is it impacts all of us. Um, you know, most people don't pay attention to it and that's fine. That's most people have other things that they're, that they're concerned with. But if they look up and they go, well, why is my, you know, my four, I opened my 401k, my statement for my 401k at the end of June and, you know, I open it now and I have less money. Well, you know, there are things that at work that, that are, that are causing and creating that. Now our fed is trying to, you know, combat some of that with trying to get us to full employment, keeping interest rates low so that, you know, so that it can stay competitive, um, you know, in the marketplace. But, but that, that can't last forever either. So at some point rates will start rising to combat inflation. Uh, and then generally what's going to happen is stocks will go down uh, a little bit too. So, you know, there it is, all this stuff is, it's all tied together. It may be, you know, 20 degrees of separation, but it's all, it's all tied together. Yeah. I'm just, while you were talking, I was looking at all the, the markets. I mean, everything, everything's red today. The Dow's down, NASDAQ's <laughs> down, the S&P 500 As down. Yesterday and the day before and you know, for the last two weeks, it's been red. Are you recommending the people though? I mean, I know, I know the recommendation is say stay in the market, stay Absolutely. strong. Is now a good buying time? Yeah, I think, I think it's, I think this is definitely a buy the dip, you know, moment. So if you've got, if you've got a little cash on the sidelines or if you're heavier in, you know, bonds or other investments that, um, that are not stocks, uh, you know, maybe allocating a little more, I wouldn't, you know, I would, if the best thing to do is, is just do things slowly and little by little, generally like big sweeping moves. Um, they don't generally pay off. So, you know, if you've got cash on the sidelines or, or if you've been overweight bonds, you know, you can put a little bit, you know, a little bit into stocks if you have a long-term outlook. Now, if you need this money in like two months or three months, cause you got to, you know, pay for something, a house or a roof on a house or a car or something like that, definitely don't do that because there's no, we have no idea what's going to happen in the next two months or three months. But if you've got a long-term outlook, you know, more than two, three years, absolutely. It's a, it's a great opportunity, you know, to buy a little, buy a little more stocks. Is there an area of the market that you're most focused on right now? Man, we, so we have our hedges in, um, so I'm, you said an area of the market. It's, uh, it is related to the stock market, but it's not, you know, directly related. Um, they do, it hedges out some of the risk of stocks. And that's one of the things that, that we do for our clients that probably the average investor, you know, doesn't do. It's kind of like, um, insurance for your car. So, you know, you pay a premium on your on your car insurance. If you never have a wreck, uh, you know, never get in any type of accident, you've paid for something that, you know, you didn't get any use out of. But, you know, if you get like Christopher, the very first day he had his car, he got smoked. He got T-boned by someone who was not insured. 
So we were really grateful that we had insurance because he literally, it was his first legal day of driving and, and he lost his car for <laughs> like two or three months because, you know, some, some, an uninsured motorist smoked him. I mean, T-boned him, like took the whole back axle off of his truck. And so, you know, we paid 200 bucks for uninsured motorists and however many thousands of dollars of damage that was done, you know, it cost me $200. So that's kind of what, like the hedges are very similar uh, with regards to risk. Meaning that, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a price that we pay for the hedges, but they really pay off when, when things go south or sour. So we have, we have hedges, not just on stocks, but on interest rates and things like that too. So it's, you know, we try to protect the whole portfolio. What else would you like to get to today? I know you got a, you got a room full of people in there and some people have to get going here in a bit. Anything else you want to touch? No, man. I mean, I think, uh, and I appreciate you letting, um, you know, the entrepreneurship club at, at prep, listen in to our podcast. They're learning how they're about to launch their own podcast. So they're, they're trying to observe, see how the, all the equipment works. Um, I told them, you know, one of the cool things is, you know, if you have an interview, if you want to interview someone and they're not, you know, in town, it's like, like you and I are, I don't know how many miles apart, 180, 200 miles yeah, apart, something like that. 100, and 180 is about right. It sounds like uh, it sounds like you and I are in the in the exact same studio. No one would ever know the difference. So it's cool how uh, technology. I mean, we'll hang up, yeah. and I'll just start walking around the house talking to you. I mean, it's like you're you're here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Absolutely, uh, we can have a bowl of cereal together. Yeah, although probably not on. I'm fruity pebbles, and you're healthy. So, um, yeah, I'm not, prob- a, not a big cereal person. I can't remember the last time I ate bad cereal. You mean good cereal that's bad for you? Sure. Like Fruity Pebbles. I guess if I were going to do it, it'd probably be Captain Crunch. Yeah. Crunch berries or no? Uh, they're fine. I just prefer Captain Crunch. I used to love the peanut butter Captain Crunch. Dude, Reese's Puffs is, <laughs> that's my jam. I just. Reese's Puffs and Fruity so Pebbles. The problem with that is that you put the cereal in, then you put the milk in, then you yeah. eat it, and then there's milk left over, and you pour more mm-hmm. cereal in. And you just oh. keep going, and before you know it, you ate m- most of the box, and now you hate yourself for a week. And so it's just, it's just not worth doing unless you have that type of control, like you must have. And I don't, no. I don't possess that level of control, and so I just don't, I don't buy it. It doesn't exist in my house, and that way I'm never tempted to go do it. Well, you have, you have, you have the ultimate control, which is. You know, if the temptation's not in front of you, then you won't do it. I I still pick up Reese's Puffs by the large bags, and so are you a peanut that, butter guy? Is that your thing? Because that's my see, peanut butter is my weakness. I love peanut butter and I love chocolate. I love Dr Pepper. I love pizza. I love pasta. Yeah, I, like, I love food. Yeah, I, chocolate's not my weakness. I love pizza. Like pizza for me is very similar to cereal. I'll yeah. I'll over order the pizza. And, and so I'll tell myself, hey, it's okay to have pizza tonight. And it actually is okay to have pizza tonight. The problem is you have leftover pizza and then that becomes breakfast yep. and, and lunch. lunch. And now yep. you didn't have pizza tonight. You had pizza all day and you blew it in one day instead of going hey i'm going to treat myself and have pizza tonight it's very complicated my relationship yep. with food is is quite complex it's 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 there's a lot of conflict 
<laughs> well, I love being a former, a former fat guy. When you when you're a former fat guy and you, in your mind you're still fat, you 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 always think about food in that way, and that it's it's not it's not particularly healthy. Well, I'm not a former fat guy. I'm a present fat guy. <laughs> but you're not a fat guy. You're not a fat guy. Yeah, well, I'm 260, dude. I mean, I wear it well, but I'm still 260. Yeah, you you carry it really well. All Thank right, uh, yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll stop there. We'll be back next week with another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. Again, it's uh, mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Thank you for making us a part of your week. We always enjoy talking with you, and we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend. Take care. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.